Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the Ninth and Tenth Commandments on what it prohibits. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. Wow, so official. Yes. Yes, we're we're a well oiled machine at this yeah, point. Right. Forty five, forty six episodes in now. Have we found our groove? And did why did it take so long? And what's the That's difference right. between a groove and a rut? I don't know. A rut is negative, a groove is <laughs> positive. What I want to know is, what are we going to do with our 50th episode? Is that going to be like a special Jubilee? Special edition? <laughs> have you, I, I just assume as the producer, you've just been gathering outtakes for us, Brian, and we're just going to have an outtakes episode? Well, we just watched something about two players yes. like, yeah. um, kind of ranting about, about bad games and, and like post-game meltdowns, and so I thought maybe we could do something like that. Or we could have a we could have behind a, the scenes see, being Lutheran YouTube favorites. Well, what you guys don't realize is... And it'll is, be a recording of us planting we, a tree. Well, <laughs> all those arguments we've had off mic, I've actually recorded all of them. Oh, man. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. Well, we are, are getting into the scripture as our, our custom is. Um, I love that little phrase in scripture. Um, so, our, our custom has been to talk about the commandment or commandments, which was uh, ninth and tenth that we've been dealing with here recently about uh, coveting. And so, now we're going to get into the scripture. Yeah, we have two passages we're studying today, and it's fitting because we have two commandments, and so we hey. get to double up on the prohibit. There's two key passages from the epistles that really explain what's going on with the ninth and 10th mm-hmm. commandments. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, mm-hmm. verses 5 through 11, which is kind of the defining source of comparing coveting to idolatry. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to flip over and switch gears to Romans 7, uh, which kind of holds up coveting as a paradigm for the entire law and what the law is doing in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so we've got both of those to interact with, giving us that final uh, biblical understanding of Mm -hmm. those two commandments and also supporting that what Luther's doing in the catechisms is biblical theology and not some divisive uh, over-personal opinion. That's right. Good. Yeah. So this is good stuff. Let's read the scripture and uh, if you are listening and if you ha- are able, I suppose you could stand. Jer- Jeremy, <laughs> our friend Jeremy said he listens when he's flying plane. Well, that would uh, be really awkward. So, Jeremy, don't take your hand off the, the plane. Oh, is it a steering? You got a steering wheel? What uh, it- the- you can put it on autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Cessnas have autopilots. <laughs> so, missionary pilot Jeremy, yeah. uh, you you may, if you're in the air, don't stand. Or if you're driving a vehicle, please yeah. do not stand. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> All right, here's God's word. Colossians 3, 5 through 11 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked, when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not 
Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Amen. God's word for us. Amen and amen. Mm -hmm. Love this passage. Yeah, it's good. There are, are very few places that delineate more clearly mm-hmm. how the gospel functions in our life in relation to the law. The, yeah. There are definitely places that declare the gospel more clearly, but this is the function of the, the gospel in the life of a believer. Yeah, this gets into the nitty-gritty, the warp and woof of our lives, or, yep. or however you want to say that. Um, yeah, not, not, left, not much is left to imagine or, yeah, gets right into our lives. Yeah, it's it's really excellent, and it, it 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 comes with the very first convicting activity is put to death mm-hmm. the sin in your lives, and you know the law identifies what the sin is. The law identifies that we have sin, but then the law tells us to, to stop it, to to quit it. It's the old, I think it's a Saturday Night Live Bob Newhart, Bob Newhart sketch uh, where he plays. A, a psychiatrist and his advice to the per, to the woman in his office who has uh, uh, destructive behavioral habits in her life. It's, at the end of it, he says, "Stop it!" And, and that's the whole punchline. And it's a beautiful thing because he's functioning the way the law functions in our lives. It tells us what we ought not to do, and then it tells us to stop doing what we ought not to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really great setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a picture here in these verses of putting off and putting on mm-hmm. of uh, kind of like getting ready for the day or dressing yourself. It's a gospel image. Yeah, right. Putting putting off and putting on. And so putting off or putting to death. Uh, and it gives that list there in verse five of the text. Yeah. And one of the things, uh, there's two things going on here that are really beneficial for us understanding the law. The first thing is, especially in the epistles, but anywhere in scripture where there is a list of sins, that list is for you and not for your neighbor. Because what you're going to see is that the list of sins always comes with something disgusting that we would reject and and we would not want to be doing (laughs) laid along something that we do do on a regular basis. And so here... That person needs to hear it. Yeah. Well, and and it's, oh, that's vile. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to equate being a sinner with being Charles Manson. You know, those sorts of things. But you've got sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this one's not nearly as as convicting as maybe the list in verse 8. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk fall into all of this too. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a list in Romans 1 that puts murder alongside lying. These sorts of things, it, it, it's there to equate the ugliness of sin in its totality rather than allow us to categorize sin with the, the, the addiction of the sinful nature is to say, I'm not as bad of a sinner as that person is. What I love about this verse is that we always, always remind ourselves that apart from Christ, we can do nothing and that we are abiding in Christ and that any ability to change comes from God himself and the ministering power of the Holy Spirit. But because the put off and the put on are in that middle case. We have a responsibility in the freedom of Christ Jesus. And we have, we have uh, this blessed cooperation, if you will, with, with the Holy Spirit at work within us, with the power of Christ and the Father at work within us. But we do, we bear a responsibility to these words and to um, uh, obedience to the law as an act of worship, not because we have to, but because we get to in the freedom of Christ Jesus. And, you know, that's 
it's a it's an intimidating responsibility, but you know, again, this is the law functioning right now in the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. That second place, verse uh, five, takes us is remember for a long time now, and, and Brett, you've been setting this up nicely. We've talked about the Christian glosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the the easy understandings of the commandment that kind of you know inhibit us from understanding what's really going on. You know, it's uh, the the gloss uh, for the first commandment, which is really under attack here, is don't worship idols. And we say to ourselves, well, I don't have a stone or a, mm-hmm. a brass idol in my house that I pray to. I- idolatry is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But then, boom, Colossians 3, 5 hits and has put away all covetousness, which is mm-hmm. idolatry. And and so the ninth and 10th commandment are convicting you of what you would normally mock in someone else, mm-hmm. and that's idolatry. And not to, I don't mean to downplay what you just said, but maybe this is a question for Greek too, but um, the that phrase, which is idolatry, does that modify or connect to just covetousness, or do you think it also connects to that whole list? That was the question I had too, you know, as we talk about these lists, because as we were talking last episode, you know, and in, in the previous one, how the first two commandments and the last two commandments are really bookends that summarize all of the commandments, mm-hmm. and that all of the things that are listing listed in here definitely deal with the first and second table of the law. And so, um, I don't know the grammatical structure. I can look it up in a minute here, but mm-hmm. I, I would I would say that because all the commandments do touch each other and all the commandments do have to do uh, with finding our source in God, looking to God to be the author and the finisher of our faith um, and our source and abiding in Christ that I I think it absolutely does pertain Mm -hmm. to all of it just from a theological standpoint. Uh, Yeah. The the correct answer to your either or question is yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the immediate context is that idolatry is attached to covetousness. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's intentional on Paul's part because of the, the insignificance of the sin of idolatry in our sinful natures, mm-hmm. or the, the sin of covetousness. covetousness yeah. You know, we talked the last two episodes about uh, the ninth and 10th commandments being the throwaway commandments. Uh, we don't really pay attention to them. We treat them with a certain level of humor. Uh, and so I think the gravity of the situation, it leads us to, to see covetousness specifically as idolatry. But then again, we've been saying this entire time, any transgression of the law is by its nature idolatry because we are replacing God with ourselves. We are replacing Mm -hmm. our need for instant gratification. Uh, We have thrown away God's sovereignty, Mm -hmm. uh, God's godhood, uh, and put us there because we believe we know what we need more than God knows what we need. And Mm -hmm. so uh, this, this is not a mutually exclusive principle, Uh, but you know, on principally speaking, uh, sexual immorality is idolatry. Impurity is idolatry. Passion is idolatry. Evil desire is idolatry. And covetous, covetousness specifically is idolatry. And in, in those specifics, we would do well to recognize then that God has de- designed the law so what we would view as the least significant commandment immediately rounds us back to what we would view as the most significant commandment, and that's the first commandment. Amen. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else from this passage before we move on to the next one, Jason, that you want to touch on before well, we... it's the gospel application. Sure. And, and it's, so the command is to put off 
mm-hmm. but it's also the command to put on. And so this is an image specifically of baptism and a specific image of new life in Christ. And mm-hmm. so uh, there's, a, there's a lot of temptation to misinterpret what's going on here as our activity, mm-hmm. as our discipline. And you did right and you did well, Brian, to acknowledge the personal responsibility we have in, in training ourselves for virtue and, and, and training the will to, to resist temptation. But in reality here, what's going on with this Christ is all in all and putting on the new self. This is what happens with the application of the gospel in our lives. And that's that there is therefore now no condemnation. That's the freedom of Christ Jesus, the victory of Christ Jesus that we are abiding in. And this wonderful privilege of that, of allowing the law to be our gentle teacher, to allow the Holy Spirit again to mold us and shape us into the people God longs for us to be. And, and in that to comfort us that this is who Christ is for us, that yes. Christ is the end of the law because he has obeyed the law and because he has uh, in his shed blood forgiven the transgressions of the law. So when we see in verse 10, we have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of the creator. That's Galatians 3.27. Exactly. Yep. That whoever has been baptized has clothed put on Christ, Christ or yep. has clothed mm-hmm. Christ. And so uh, the gospel application here is that Christ has fulfilled the law for us and we have Christ's righteousness according to 2 Corinthians 5.21. The law application for the Christian then is to live in that righteousness for the neighbor. So it exposes our sin, it exposes our need for Christ, mm-hmm. but then it, it really exposes the extravagant grace and mercy mm-hmm. and the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Cool. Good stuff. Um, you guys ready to move on to... Yeah, let's hop to Romans the second 7. side. We've already kind of crossed the halfway point in the episode, and we really uh, need to touch on this Romans 7 principle mm-hmm. going on here too. So it'll be Romans 7, 7 through 12 is the next section we're going to be studying. All right, cool. Let me read that. It says, What then shall we say that the law is sin? By no means. Yet if, I had not been, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet... If the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. It's perfect segue. I love the interconnectedness of Scripture. I love the consistency of image here. Mm-hmm. And so we've gone from a section that specifically identifies the work of the law as pointing out sin in our lives and convicting us of sin to moving to a passage that says the law and doing that in our lives is not bad. And there again, we have kind of the error that gospel reductionism falls into is that law is set in opposition to gospel instead of placed alongside gospel. And so when God gives us a command that points out our sinfulness, that points out our depravity, it's not the word of God doing that that is bad. It's our sin that is bad, our sin that is evil. And so when God says, don't covet, and we are identified and outed as coveters, uh, that's not only a good word of God to do that for us, but it's also a good service of God in doing that for us. 
You know, in this passage, it's it's interesting. Of all the commandments that he could have used as an example here, mm-hmm. he does use the ninth and tenth commandment, the throwaway commandment. Yeah, the throwaway commandment. Yeah, he could have said, uh, "I would not have known what adultery was mm-hmm. unless God had said, don't commit adultery." He said, "Covetousness." Mm-hmm. Again, I believe that's directing us to the self-examinatory nature of the Ten Commandments, that this is what we're supposed to be doing is introspection uh, with the law. Uh, And and it's also uh, kind of showing us this contrast. The very commandment that promised life proved Mm -hmm. to be death to me. Right. Uh, It's the the law is killing us because we're the transgressors. And think about Paul's past. I mean, he was you know, Pharisee among Pharisees, and he was like persecuting the church, you know, and you think about it from that standpoint is where he got his life and identity actually proved to be the death of him. And that death was beautiful because through that death was the resurrection that Christ brought through the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Which explains verse 12 then, that the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Because it reveals our need for Jesus. And this is to understand then how the word of God works on our lives. It's mm-hmm. not two opposing words. It's two partnering words that work together to accomplish the same person mm-hmm. purpose. And that purpose is always salvation. That purpose is always reconciliation. Because we always need to be reminded of our great need and dependency for Christ. Our great need and dependency for Christ and our great inability to do what God requires of us. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if the law is not driving you to the end of yourself... Uh, even, even I will say, as it guides you. And, and this is the thing we have to always talk about as Christians, that, yeah, the law operates as a guide for us. The law delightfully uh, shows us uh, where we ought to be going. It reveals to us the will of God. But in doing that and showing us how to be a Christian, the law is also always simultaneously showing that we fail to live Christian lives, which, again, then is the, the whole mode in definition of sanctification is that as Christians, we are constantly dependent on the gospel to reconcile us with God, to forgive our sins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm wrestling with this here, looking at the the part where it says, apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about the, how this happens in our lives or how, it seems like it's describing that process. Um, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around is this something that happens in the life of a believer? Is he talking about... This is Paul as a believer. Romans mm-hmm. 7 must be understood as Paul as a believer. Right. And, then, yep. you know, this is a great sanctification debate here. Is Romans 7 talking about Paul before conversion or Paul's Christian life? Right. Um, I think I don't have textual evidence for me in front of this, but the way I've always understood verse 8 from apart from the law, the sin lies dead, mm-hmm. is it lies dormant. Yeah, It's I, not I being attacked... A... By the law, helpful. and so it's not being confessed. We we don't confess what we don't know to be sin. It's a sleeping monster that's yeah. hanging out in the, the corner. But yeah. when the law comes in and identifies, you know, part of sin is ignorance. You know, it's this is, you know, Romans 2 talk, mm-hmm. that when the Gentiles who do by nature what is required of the law, but they don't have the law, they become a law against themselves. Uh, and so it is possible for us not to know that something's a sin. Brian, you illustrated this a couple episodes ago when you talked about uh, the the current robbing of musical artists going on in, in, in streaming subscription service. Is Up until that point, Brett and I were pretty ignorant that subscribing to a music service was 
harmful to the middle and small time artists. But now you've laid that out for us and it's a convicting thing. You know, I'm going to think twice about using Spotify mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. That's, I think, what Romans 7, 8 is describing is that mm -hmm. when the law comes to bear against your sin, it's in identifying that sin where the wound comes in, where the, the conviction and the sorrow comes in. Without that conviction, it's just, it's dead. It's dormant. We don't, we're not aware of its presence. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. And then again, that's that, that beauty. You know, I, I keep coming back to this and I, I may sound a bit repetitive, so please forgive me, but I, it is such a privilege to be a part of God's eternal kingdom. And it really is a privilege that God loves us enough to reveal the things that are hindering our walk with him, he loves us enough for the things that he wants to see growth in. But all of that, again, in what you said is that all of that is in the freedom of Christ. All of that is in the victory of Christ. All of that is with that wonderful declaration of grace that there is therefore now no condemnation because it follows Romans 7. It's, yeah. it's Romans 8.1. And, and that's the beauty of the eternal kingdom of God and the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. Well, it's to understand God and his sovereignty as being for you. So God's law is for you. Mm -hmm. The convicting work of the Holy Spirit through the law is for you yeah. because both of those are serving the gospel to deliver to you salvation, to deliver to you forgiveness. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, the the break between Romans 7:25 and 8:1 is the most unfortunate chapter break in all of scripture mm -hmm. because it's the same thought is we have all this conviction of sin going on in our lives, all this law application, you know, identifying our weakness, identifying our shame, identifying our rebellion and obstinacy, but the message is, is that there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law for us and has forgiven the transgressions of the law for us. Yes. Yep. Amen. Do you have a, a verse? Brian? I do. Yes. And as we're thinking about coveting mm -hmm. and contentment and looking to God as our source and that he will always supply and what it says in the Lord's Prayer, First uh, Timothy chapter 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, these we will be content. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the Ninth and Tenth Commandment and what it promotes. God bless you and have a great week.